0: e continue com a gente para uma sessão de perguntas e respostas daqui a pouquinho, vamos chamar agora a Mar Introne que está na Espanha, vamos pegar esse voo aqui Moçambique, Espanha e receber a Mar Introne para conversar com a gente a Mar lidera a All Ladies League mas eu vou deixar que ela fale mais a respeito dessa iniciativa então por favor, Mar
1: dia Bom dia.
0: Olá, Peço...
1: como vai? Peço desculpas, embora eu não falo português, mas eu gostaria de dizer algumas palavras na sua língua. Eu sou muito honrada, honrado e feliz, em fazer parte deste de evento criativo e visionário feito de grandes mulheres como Edna Valdoni, uh, Liliane Schiavo, who has invited Eu I am very grateful for this opportunity to se, se sentir fortalecido e express a um message of union, mudança and e transformation centered on the individual. I'm going to continue in English now.
0: Yeah. foi muito, foi muito bom. Mar. Obrigado por essa abertura em português. Foi nota 10. Muito bom. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm so realmente
1: if I, I really wanted to honor the
0: It was perfect, very clear. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much for your generosity. I data that is very important that we go through the data because they are very curious um, elements to, to analyze. Then we are going to go to empowerment. What do we mean with empowerment and what means for the civil society, the role of the civil society and individuals? And then we are going to go into global networking. Finally, data. Let's go to the global gender report of 2020. It has a forecast that we are going to get into equality. In 19 years, almost one century, and it's a serious study. So we have to take it seriously, because this euphoria that I share, of course, this euphoria for equality with the SDGs, especially with the SDG five, with, with an agenda of 2030, it makes us reflect, because we we are not going on the correct road. So we have the resources, we have the people, we have the technology, but we are not moving forward as we should. To get into a short term, let's say in a couple of years. So let's go go with the global ranking in, in gender gap, in gender equality. We have, in gender gap, sorry, Spain go in the eighth position. Iceland, as the Nordic countries in general, they go in the first position. And Brazil go in the 92. So what's going on? What is successful and what's not? In a very simple interpretation, we could say that Spain is successful and Brazil is not. We are going to explore that, and you will see that it's not exactly like that. For example, the legal framework, a legal framework on quotas on the women's presence, on, on the, in Brazil is 30%. In Spain is 40%, more or less the same. Now, in reality, what that means, that in top business position, in Spain, they're just 22%. They don't get to the 40%, despite being considered a successful model. Brazil go very much behind that 8%. And in for political part, political sector is different. In Spain, they have reached the 40%, but they have reached the 40% because of the sanctions. They apply sanctions to the political parties, that's why they feel well not motivated by force to do it. Brazil, it just gets a fifteen percent. But now let's let's explore if that go with the culture of the country, the perception of safety is very important for women in power. The perception of safety you cannot be free if you don't feel that they are safe and with guarantees. In Spain, in a, in a survey recently then, the 50% of the Spanish people say that they feel that the women's rights in Spain are under threat. And another 30% say that they are vulnerable and we are not moving forward. So you see a successful model as Spain, they have 80% of the people that think that we are not moving forward on gender equality. So it's very relative. That's why I would like to enter in the second chapter of my presentation that is empowerment, what we consider women empowerment. I am particularly interested in this because gender equality supposed the measure of what is empowerment for women, for each woman, each individual woman that have the freedom and the autonomy to take control of their personal and professional decision-making processes. And that is not go align, and it should be. We have a legal framework, we have the resources, we have the institutions, we have sustainable development goals that is the most ambitious uh, moment, historical momentum that gender equality has arrived to, but you know. We can say that we really, in Spain, we could get into empowerment. For example, in this, this I would take it as a, a successful model. So for me, cultural aspects are the ones that are constrained. And even if we have the legal framework, even if we have the institution, we are going to continue being on being a burden, very important burden. And that's why the report from the Global Gender Gap is there, we will take one century. Why we are going to take almost one century to get into gender equality? Because there is a cultural bias that is still there and we have to be removed. How we remove something that is enlisted in the societies? How we do it? For me, uh, the first aspect that we need to take into account is that in the last three decades, we have destroyed the welfare state. And we need to be aware of that. There are global crises that are completely different. The states and the political leaders cannot deliver in the way that they done half a century before. For that, we need to respond differently. New global crises, new responses. So, a new era demands awareness that we need to do differently and innovative. It's not just to do more, it's not more production of love that we need it. But it's not just about that. We need to change the system and the system means doing differently. Awareness that we need to do that. Second, what I love to call that is zero leadership. Zero leadership, citizens, institutions, NGOs, representative for women. We have NGOs that represent the civil society, but we have also have seen that this is an old model of feminism that there are bias most of the time because of ideology because of political partisan because of lois because of founding so we, it's not that we are going to get rid of them but we have to reorder this system so we cannot rely on this vertical and hierarchical leadership that when we look at our representatives of the civil society we look at the political leaders we look at the global institutions. We need to change that, lead that narrative and make of the citizen part of the leadership, a very active leadership. And I would like to give you an example to illustrate what is my idea. That is e-government, thinking e-government. is not just the use of digital tools to make bureaucracy process accelerated. It's not just about that. Is about to change what means to exercise democracy. It's not that the citizens leave the government alone five years. No, e-government means an aesthetic relation with the government, in which the leadership is from the citizen, in an exercise of transparency and accountability that force the government to give responses and to change that will be very helpful for gender equality because it's a continuous control so we have awareness serial leadership a new model of feminism from activism to advocacy entering the fabric of the society and finally strategic partnerships we know there is an sdgs sdg that contemplated but we really implemented we implement strategic partnerships or we establish agreements Dialogues. We need to go further than that and really create from the citizen a leader. And to become a leader, they have to be a partner with the government and not just demand. That's why I started saying this is like the the, the rusty welfare state that we are waiting are waiting for them to deliver, and they are not able to do it because they are, the seriousness of the of the global crisis, the multiple crisis, force us to change that. And we enter in what means networking and why it's empowering, for, especially for women. Because for me, global networking is like a panoptical. Now the panoptical is, the, the, inside the panoptical are the global institutions, the NGOs, the private sector, and the citizens are around. We need to change that. The citizens have to be in, and the global institutions and the leaders have to be out in an exercise, as I said before, of continuous accountability. That's what really will change the culture that in the end for me is the real bias. We need to be aware that in this era that we have entered, individual efforts are very, very important. Not individualism in the sense of selfishness. I see it in a way of individual talents, individual skills that join together with others With creativity with innovation using technology different social media is the power of image and should be the power of critical thinking that's what we have to boost and these forums and organizations have to debate about that creating critical thinking that is the real legacy that we could leave and we could adapt it to each country and each culture it's very important that Gender equality. We have to be ambitious, really ambitious. If we search for a global goal, it had to be inserted and include all the nations with their culture and their religion and their meaning on gender equality. That's why so important, as I said, this this panoptical and this awareness that we enter in a, in a new era. And and let me be a bit romantic and think of this is a new era for époque this Belle Epoque that they created the electricity, the cinema, the artists. This is time for that, to join all skills, all talents in a moment of flourishing, in a moment of illumination, in a new Belle Epoque. And finally, I will finally, go with my my poor Portuguese, but uh, allow me please to say, uh, para finalizar, I no acredite que Eu disse a você, dados, fortalecimento, network. O verdadeiro desafio é individual. Individual responsável, cheio de paixão e criatividade, fortalecido, sem dependências institucionales. Bom vinda a uma nova era, uma nova era de iluminação, iluminação e fraternidade, só poder ser encontrado em cada um de vocês. Muito grata.
0: Oi, pessoal. E aí, o que vocês acharam dessas duas apresentações maravilhosas? A gente está aqui com no estúdio com algumas pessoas de pé batendo palmas tanto para a Quitéria como para a Mar, sensacional que oportunidade que o IVG está trazendo para gente de interagir com essas duas mulheres sensacional, o pessoal tá aqui batendo palmas de pé do meu lado obrigado, Mar, vamos trazer a Quitéria também, vou colocar as duas aqui em vídeo comigo porque eu queria fazer agora algumas perguntas para ambas e um ponto que me tocou Mar, na sua fala, foi o desafio individual, o desafio de cada mulher. O que, que cada uma das mulheres que está discutindo neste momento pode fazer para mudar o cenário de trabalho, de carreira dela? Então, eu vou ler alguns números de Brasil no mundo do trabalho e queria que tanto a Mar como a Quitéria comentassem qual é a maior realidade no, nos países delas e que recomendação ela dá para a gente aqui no Brasil para a gente mudar esse cenário então eu tô eu tô com os números aqui escritos para não errar a população econômica ativa do Brasil em 2010 era composta 56% de homens 44% de mulheres esse número cresceu de 40 para 44 entre 2000 e 2010 mas as mulheres têm uma representatividade maior no que é um contrato de trabalho de 30 horas. Então, 33% das mulheres trabalham 30 horas em vez das 40, né? então é uma modalidade um pouco diferente, enquanto apenas 16% dos homens estão neste contrato de trabalho. E aí eu vou dar outros números interessantes. 55% das mulheres trabalham, enquanto 70 percent Trabalham de forma remunerada, né? porque 74% dos homens trabalham, tem um emprego, tem uma relação de trabalho com o empregador. É, mas olha só, como esse número de 55% das mulheres muda, quando a gente pensa em mulheres com filhos de até 3 anos de idade versus mulheres sem filhos nessa faixa etária. Então, 55% das mulheres trabalham, mas se ela tem um... Se ela tem filho até 3 anos de idade, esse número é um pouquinho menor, 54%. Se a mulher não tem um filho nessa faixa etária, 67 percent delas trabalham. Mas olha só, a média cai porque esse número é pior entre mulheres negras e pardas. No trabalho doméstico, as mulheres fazem 20 horas de trabalho em casa, enquanto os homens fazem apenas 11 horas de trabalho no que são os afazeres domésticos. E aí, na hora que a gente traz as estatísticas para o mundo do trabalho, para dentro da empresa, olha só, na universidade, 58% dos alunos são mulheres. Quando a gente chega no nível de entrada nas empresas, a gente tem mais ou menos essa relação, 52% são mulheres. A gente chega no nível gerencial nas empresas, esse número cai para 39%, que é um número pico em 2017. De 2017 para hoje, esse número vem caindo. Quando a gente fala no nível de diretoria das empresas, 14% apenas são mulheres. Quando a gente fala de CEOs, apenas 4% são mulheres. Então, eu gostaria de ouvir um pouquinho, tanto da Mar como da Quitéria, como é que é esse cenário na Espanha, e Moçambique, e o que de concreto cada mulher que está nos ouvindo neste momento poderia fazer para mudar esse cenário aqui no Brasil. Yes. Myself? Yeah. Ma, simple comment, I I may I may, may
1: I may I speak in English?
0: Yes, you may. Oh, thank you.
1: Thank you, I'm so sorry. And uh, well if, for Spain, if I if I have an star wrong, I think you you perfectly you're trying to get uh, the model of Spain, what well, we could we could transfer, no? and um, transfer to, to Brazil. Uh, I really, I, I really think that there are there are several aspects that um, would help. First of all, as I say, from the individual level, it's very important that the woman get into an organization they had to be associated, they had to be organized. It's, it's very empowering, it's absolutely empowering to be together. So this individual uh, initiative, but when they gather with others and the correct use of, of the tools and digital tools. There have been studies that say that women go behind men, not just in terms of digital insertion, because they don't show interest so we need to boost that interest so that is the first aspect the second one in relation to the labor market here in spain they have been many um promotion of what is flexibility labor flexibility for women so they have conciliation, family work that helps a lot in fact in the last year we, after it was during the, the pandemics there were 80 percent of the women that work. That work in partial uh, time, no? so they were part time. They were part time, so I think that is is really good. And the other aspect is to transparency from the companies that they publish their salaries is a way to show that they they and they could compete also with other with other companies. I think uh, to to apply for 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 jobs who do that is a guarantee that they would be protected.
0: Obrigado, Mar. Gitéria, por favor.
2: Eu, eu queria partilhar, em primeiro lugar, que o Moçambique, em termos de estatísticas, em termos de representatividade, nós temos um elevado número de mulheres nos postos de decisão, que é, ainda não é o desejável, mas agora está aos 40% no parlamento. Mas uma das discussões que nós temos com mulheres é que mais do que números, nós queremos que estes, essas estatísticas se traduzam em ação efetiva das mulheres, que significa que elas tenham mais voz, que nós tenhamos mais poder na mesa de decisão. Porque Moçambique é um bom país de conformidade, ou seja, sabe que ao nível das Nações Unidas é preciso cumprir com alguns requisitos para ser considerado um país de conformidade. Então consegue colocar mais mulheres no parlamento, mais mulheres em alguns postos, mas que não chegam lá efetivamente por ou pela pelo pelo ativismo, pela força ou pela pressão que nós fazemos como sociedade civil, mas que muitas vezes são colocadas para dizer: olha, vocês estão a demandar maior presença das mulheres. Então hoje vocês têm aí mulheres. Então, o desafio que nós temos com mulheres, que nós estamos a assumir, é, acima de tudo, é que nós queremos representatividade, sim. Queremos mais mulheres na decisão mas não basta ter mais mulheres. É preciso que os números se traduzam em participação ativa das mulheres. É preciso que as mulheres sejam dadas ferramentas e recursos adequados para responder às demandas das mulheres que representam. E é preciso que haja clareza dos caminhos pelos quais as mulheres já as posições de liderança. Ao mesmo tempo, é preciso construir a solidariedade para que as mulheres que estão no poder de decisão que tenham um apoio suficiente para tomar decisões arrojadas na defesa das mulheres. Ao nível de estadísticas no geral, por exemplo, nós, a maior parte da população moçambicana sobrevive da agricultura que é uma agricultura rudimentar, de subsistência. E destas, desta porcentagem, a maior parte das mulheres trabalhadoras, quase 90% das mulheres trabalhadoras, estão na agricultura. Em comparação com 60% a 70% de homens. Uh, e, e nós temos, em termos de estatística, em Moçambique, Cerca de 50% das mulheres com mais de 15 anos estão na força de trabalho, ou seja, as mulheres começam a trabalhar muito cedo. Uh